This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. Hey, this is Chloe. I'm really glad you're listening today, and we have loved every single episode of this season and cannot believe it's coming to an end soon. Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting Made For This. Give your mom the most meaningful gift this year and get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com slash made for this to get $10 off your first purchase. A couple weeks ago, I was at my five-year-old soccer game and I was sitting next to my friend Amy and Amy was telling me the story about her sister Katie and the journey that she has been on with cancer. Right in that moment, I was like, we have got to have Katie on the podcast because we want you to hear her story too. So get ready. Come join us for this special conversation with Jenny and my friend, Katie Smith. Well, guys, this is going to be an incredible conversation and you are going to be so blessed by just the faith of my new friend. Um, We are sitting here together talking and I, I just thought it might be special and great to bring you guys into what a difficult season this is for my friend Katie Smith. But I can tell you this, you will leave inspired and with hope. So let's just start, Katie. Why don't you just okay. tell everybody a little bit about your your life and your story, kind of what you're in the middle of? Okay. Um, well, I'm just your ordinary average girl, but I have been, I'm 32. And I am currently fighting my third round with cancer. So I've been diagnosed three different times. Um, It started back in 2010. And as much as I would love to say that this disease, you know, and and I've really fought against it defining me and kind of shaping who I am and just living in this, oh, I'm a cancer patient, nothing more than a cancer patient. The Lord has been doing a lot in my life over these past 12, 10, I don't even know how many years, 10, 11 years. And so, but it's getting, it's getting hard and it's getting towards the end because my most recent diagnosis was terminal. And I get to tell you this, Jenny, I think it's all your fault. Which, oh no. <laughs> because, so I'll, I'll start with, well, this last round was your fault. The first two, we'll cut you off the hook, but so I <laughs> no. started with, I was diagnosed in 2010 with ocular melanoma pretty rare disease in my left eye. So I fought that. I was a senior at Baylor. So I was almost graduated. We ended up this, and this was 10 years ago when medicine, you know, was still light years from where it is now. Fought the fight to save my eye because I was 21. You know, I wanted, vision was super important to me. Um, Again, as a, I hadn't even graduated college yet. And then I was good for a while. You know, we did proton beam radiation, did all the treatments. And then was diagnosed again in 2017 and that came back again in my eye. And this was um, kind of a big, because my biggest fear up until that point was losing my eye, right? It turns out, God has funny way of timing, that my eye, not only was it recurring in my eye, but it was about eight weeks before we got married, me and my husband. So I had my eye removed about six weeks before the wedding. Um, So while most girls are, you know, getting their their dress fittings. I was getting my eyeball fitting. So that was kind of a round two. And then I had a baby and things, you know, were great. And we, we kind of thought we were in the clear, you know, honestly, my biggest fear 
thing, my eye removed had come to fruition. You know, we'd moved on, had a nice little girl and I was entering my thirties. And so while my twenties looked absolutely nothing like any of my friends twenties, I really was holding hope to my thirties looking a lot more normal, um, normal, I say in air quotes, but you know, just a lot more like your average girls and more like my friends did. Then this is where, this is where your part comes in. I was reading this book. I don't know if you've heard of it called made for this. And I was just really craving that, that anything mentality, you know, that you just kick off the book talking about and how, you know, like whatever you want for me, God, like I want that for me. And it, and, it, and it's big and it's scary, but oh, I like had a huge hunger for it. And then two weeks later, I was diagnosed for the third time. And this time it was in my liver and in my bones and it was terminal. And so that kind of was a lot to swallow just because, and don't worry, I don't really blame you, but, um, <laughs> but you know, you, it just, it caught me off guard, like, because my image of anything was like, okay, now that my cancer diagnosis is over, now we can like start living, you know, and I can start living whatever life you have for me. And I was excited about it, you know, freshly married, fresh baby. I was just, I was excited. Um, and then it kept getting, so we did clinical trials. We continued to fight because now I have this, she's now two and a half, but at the time I had this 10 month old and I was like, well, absolutely. You know, let's do round three. Like I'm fighting, fighting for this little girl. And so went through the ringer, went through, and of course there's no, you know, cure. It's a, it's a clinical trial kind of a thing. And went through those for six months and it was awful, you know, when the trial makes you sicker than the sickness itself. And uh, so went through that and it didn't work. We tried the alternative method of the more holistic, natural, put good things in, kind of eliminate the toxins and things were doing okay that way for a few months. And then that kind of stopped working too. We kind of are here as of this past fall going, we're out of options, you know, and there's nothing like it, it's, it's, it's God, you know, in this miracle or it's, it's home time. And my entire life, even pre-cancer, I have so desperately wanted to see like an old fashioned miracle. Like I am your part, the Red Sea, like turning rocks into fire. And part I of that, that is because I like so desperately want to see like call me Gideon. I'm like, put it out, flip it over, like do it a few more times. I, you, I just have to, I, I'm a double checker, triple checker. Don't trust my gut a lot. So I just really needed to see a miracle. And I was like, well, this is it. Like, this is going to be it, you know, because we're out of options and God is going to grant that for me. And then you go through, you start thinking and you start thinking about how, well, how many times have me personally, and you too prayed for healing on this side of heaven that did not happen. And so then you fight that good fight. And then you, you start wondering, okay, well, where am I validated? If I'm going to give credit to all of these miracles in the Bible and all the miracles in everybody else's life that did indeed occur, like, why would I not give merit to those that don't, you know, and vice versa. And so I've really wrestled with that a lot, but I think the Christian that I am today I didn't even know like existed, you know, 10 years ago. 
you know, I grew up in a Christian family where my dad was Mr. Music, mom played the piano. Like you just you went to church every Sunday. You talked about it Sunday night. Like that was, I was very, very blessed and fortunate to have that, but it didn't require, require a lot of independent thought. One of the really things that I r- struggled with was God's just love for me. I mean, like I said, me and my parents are extremely tight and I, it was really hard to not understand. And I still don't why if God loves me 300,000 times more than my parents do, why he wouldn't take this for me Mm. because my parents, oh my goodness, they would take this in a millisecond Mm. and eradicate Mm -hmm. it from my body. And we would never talk about it again. And I know that that's, I know it's not their call. They are very aware it's not their call or they would have, you know, done it by now. But I guess, and through all this, God also gave me this passion of writing that I didn't realize I had. So it's just a site called Caring Bridge. And I started it as a way to keep just my family members, because I have family all, you know, in the city of South Carolina. So I was like, okay, I'll just put this out there to keep people in the loop on upcoming tests and schedule or and appointments and things like that. Well, it really spread like wildfire. And that was all very much Jesus because I had nothing to do. Like I didn't consider myself a writer. Like I am a, I'm a math girl. Like I, numbers are my jam. I went to school for accounting. Just at that. And people were messaging me and saying like, you have no idea how your story has changed my life and how like you, your words here inspired me to do this or to make me feel this way or pray this way. It hit me that this was a bigger purpose in this. This was God's plan and that I was more than willing to be that vessel for him, you know, but over the journey, I kind of interpreted that my life is supposed to be hard and my life is supposed to be harder than others. And that Mm -hmm. somewhere along the way, God must love me less because Mm. he's selected me for this life, which I was fine with, you know, and I was doing it for the Lord and I was good with it. But I really, it took a lot for me to kind of break down Satan's lies, which is all they are, but they were deep rooted lies that he, that God did love me less because if he was using my story to kind of call his children to do other things, it was kind of like he was forgetting about me, you know, in the dust. And it's still something that I'm working with on those days. I find myself comparing and trying so hard not to compare, but comparing myself like to my friends, it's so hard to be like, well, what did I do wrong? You know? And if the answer is you did nothing, like you were chosen. And I'm like, well, pardon my language, but that kind of sucks. Like yeah. this, this thing that I was chosen for is a lot less exciting and happy than what, you know, Sarah Jane was goodness. I just went off the bat into <laughs> a pool of tears. Well, I, I just want to say how powerful this is, Katie, because everything you feel is everything I would imagine feeling. And it's everything everyone listening would imagine feeling because 
it feels unfair just watching it. You know, I mean, you have a two-year-old, like that feels so unfair to her life and to your husband's life. What's the thing that you fear the most in the midst of this? Well, I have, I have to, I have the obvious, like my child, my husband, you know, we just, we just started out. My husband and I got married three years ago. We laughed because we, uh, you know, at the end of this, Lord willing, we're going to have to go to therapy because we don't know what it's like to have a normal marriage because we kicked things off with my eye being removed and then got married and then got pregnant. And then all of this happened. So like it was full speed ahead and nothing, nothing normal. And so we're like, what is it like to just be married and do like, I don't know. I, I don't know. So we joke that we have a lot of um, learning of normalcy to do, but so aside from that, because I really, I would love for us to just be a family and we want to grow our family. You know, we have, I want a big family. Jeff's an only child who has always wanted a big family. So there's been a lot of dying to those dreams and mourning those dreams that you barely even got a chance to, to dream. But aside from that, I think my biggest, I joke that I feel like I'm God's PR agent, which is so funny because I am so minuscule, you know, in, in comparison, obviously, but I just, I know I have so many people watching my story, strong believers who have zeroed out and are like, we'll be seeing you here when you're 85. And then I have the Christians who are watching and are kind of slowly nodding, being like, how's this going to play out? You know, like, here we are, here we are in the Old Testament. Like, is God going to show up and say who he says he is? And then I'm, then you also have those that I know are non-believers watching. And I'm scared that the last two categories, I don't want him to get a bad rap if he says no and calls me home. Like, I just want, I want this for him. I want this for believers. I want this for non-believers. I want this to just kick Satan in the face. Just another big, huge blow that I think we all could use right now. One thing you didn't say is you don't fear, is that you didn't say death. Oh no, I'm pumped. (laughs) I am, I, I mean, there are times where I think my family is a little worried that I'm a little too pumped for death just because to die is vain, right? And I am I'm all about that. I'm fully, there were times when I would not even think about Jeff and Sadie because I was so excited to go to heaven and so excited. And part of it is a relief aspect. I'll be honest. Like it's been a long decade to go where there is freedom from all of this, no more pain and no more tears. So no, I mean, and I'm, I'm excited. There are people that I want to hang out with in heaven. I mean, I know I am more than ready, overjoyed to get to heaven, but I'd like a little more time here. But Katie, what you're saying right now, people can't, honestly, I can't believe it. Like, I feel like God has given me a measure of faith, but I still fear death. Most people fear death, even believers. So that reality to you is like, oh yeah, that that part's okay. But everybody listening is jaw dropped right now and analyzing for themselves, would I be okay like that? What do you think has brought you to that point where there is such peace about that specific thing? Because we'll all face death at whatever point you face it, at whatever point we all face it. What has brought you to that point of such certainty? I mean, a lot of years of wrestling. I'm a huge wrestler. Like I, if I have a question, 
like the first place I go is the proverbial boxing ring with God. Like we, we do a lot of chatting and a lot of wrestling and some things have been resolved and some things haven't, and they won't be, you know, for right until we get there. But I used to think this sounds terrible, but I used to think that when people would pray for peace for like, if somebody was going through something and somebody would pray for peace, you know, in Jesus name, or if somebody would pray for healing on this side or the other side of heaven, I viewed it all as cop-outs to me, like the thing you're supposed to say, because you don't know what else to say. Mm. And it wasn't until I started experiencing copious amounts of that peace and that trust that there are better days ahead that it started sinking in and I started believing it because somebody the other day said like, I will pray. They weren't even talking to me. I was watching this verbal transaction happen and somebody was going through something and they were like, I will pray for, you know, peace for you to get through that. And I remember being on the receiving end of some words like that and being like, well, that's not going to help me. Like, I don't need peace. I need answers. I need X, Y, Z. I need some tangible results. But once you experience that peace that I don't think you often get until, unless you ask for it and believe in it, believe that it's coming, or if you go through something that requires it, I don't think that you truly know the power of that. And so I've been met with some big, scary giants that peace has been the only thing that's gotten me through. I don't know that that's a very good answer. I think it's an insanely hopeful answer. Well, guys, Mother's Day is coming up. And if there has ever been a year to make the moms in our lives feel loved and appreciated, it's this one. This past year has been a little crazy for our family. We had a new baby and the pandemic being locked inside and I don't know about you, but I think I called my mom no less than five times a day. So that's why I am honoring my mom today with a heartfelt, sentimental gift that the whole family can cherish. And that's StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your mom, your grandmother, your mother-in-law, all the mother figures in your life share stories through these really cool, deep questions about their memories and personal thoughts. So every week, StoryWorth will email your mom, your mother-in-law with a question. One of my favorite ones was, what is some of the best advice your mom ever gave you? After one year of these weekly questions that your mom, your grandmother, your mother-in-law has answered, StoryWorth will take all of them, including photos, and put them in this beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. So mom, if you're listening to this, I'm already spoiling your Mother's Day present, but I am so excited to read your stories and have them as part of your legacy with our family and with my boys. So give your mom the most meaningful gift this Mother's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash made for this. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash made for this for $10 off. You can't imagine, like everybody listening right now can't imagine your reality, right? I mean, you are in your home praying for a miracle, but otherwise like facing death. And yet you are so hopeful. Your voice is so clear and sure. And so I actually think that 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 statement I've heard, which is on that day, you'll have the grace you need. 
all of us can't imagine having that grace because we haven't been given that grace yet. Like you've been giving grace and peace that we can't understand. It's beyond understanding scripture says, and we're just watching it and going, okay, Lord, would I have that on that day? Like, would I have what I needed? And, and what would you say to that? Because I know you've seen people even in front of you with your own life, not trust God and not have that peace. And what would you say to them? Well, and I will caveat with there have been many a days and many a days in a row that God has felt terribly silent. And I, and I hate those days, but it's not like it's me being like, okay, I need peace. And he's like, all right, here's a teaspoon. Check you back, you know, in an hour. Sometimes there's waiting that's required. And I don't, again, I don't know why he makes us wait or why he seems so silent at times. The only guess I have is kind of what we were saying earlier is, because I don't, I'm not to a point where I truly need it enough to receive it, right? Because he'll give you blessings and he'll give you, he'll give you all the things you need all day long. He'll give you healing. But unless you're in a spot to receive it, you're not going to receive it. And so there's no, it's, it's just going to be sitting out there for the taking. I mean, same as salvation. It just sits, it sits out there for the taking. You have to be the one to actually receive it. So what does that look like in your day-to-day life? How do you receive that? Sometimes it looks like a lot of anger and not anger and that I'm about, I'm about fed up with you. It's genuine. God, I don't know what you're waiting on, but I am physically in so much pain. Like I can't hold my kid anymore. I used to care if she, goodness, ate vegetables. And now I would just like to sit next to her at the dinner table, you know? So sometimes it's that type of anger and frustration that I'm like, you have got to give me something because I'm not going to make it anymore and not make it, not make it that I don't trust you or not make it that I'm throwing in the towel, but like I am running out of all other options, you know? And so you've got to show up for me because I have no other choice. I don't ever want to be a plan B prayer which I think I have been a lot in my life. I mean, I I am a planner. So a lot of times I would pray and then I would make a plan B, which is not, not the way to be, by the way. But again, something that I've been wrestling, wrestling with. But in the meantime, like I have realized that I am that prayer. So when I pray now, I just truly trust that whatever is coming is the very best thing for me, whether it may feel like that or not, because I don't know what the big picture is. Like, I don't know what's coming down. I don't know. It's barreling behind me. I don't know. It's barreling before me. It's just kind of a desperation. Like I'm so desperate for Jesus on this earth and selfishly, it, a lot of it's for myself and my family, you know, like I know there are a lot of world problems out there. I told God, I said, right. I have mental capacity for one, right? <laughs> one right now. So you take care of all that and I'll, yeah. I'll focus and pray on this one. So I don't know. Cancer. Somebody, somebody's listening right now and they're in that same boat, right? They're, they feel like they're facing death or the death of a loved one. And it, and it's so desperate that they feel panic and they, they're so angry. What would you say to them? What would you say to comfort them? I would say two things. I would say, feel the anger and pray the prayer. Because a lot of times when you're angry, you just have the mental thoughts. And I'm going to try to explain this better. So like, if I'm angry about something or if I'm heartbroken over something that God has allowed happen into my life, right? And so it's hard for me to swallow that 
pill. And so I'm wrestling with the emotions with it. I'll find myself saying things like, I wish I could tell God, or I just, I want to tell God, or here's what I would tell God. And I'm, I stopped myself one day and I was like, Katie, what, what is the difference? Like you pray all the time. Like, what is the difference between you having these big emotions like anger, resentment, disappointment, and going about the prayer part different than you would any other prayer request? And so I stopped, I kind of switched my brain. And instead of saying, man, I wish I could tell God, I said, all right, God, and okay, God, and let's talk God. And I, and what it did, like God already knows your thoughts, right? He knows what you're going to pray. He knows what you're going to ask. He knows all of that. But something switched in me when I started praying like that and act, I guess, actively praying, because then it, it kind of opened the doorway to a whole new pit of emotions that I was, I didn't realize that I was suppressing just for me. And again, I knew God could hear him. And I knew that he knew what I was about to say and what I would, you know, ask for 10 minutes down the road, but kind of combining them with the raw emotions at the same time made a very powerful dialogue, like a back and forth that we actually got somewhere. So I guess my answer would just not hold back. And I know, I know people get told that all the time, like to not hold back, but it's also not to be like, Oh, I'm going to pray, honey, I'm going to pray for you. And then moving on. If you say you're going to pray for somebody like you better be praying for them. And a lot of times I don't, I won't even say that I'm praying for them. I will say like, I just spent time in prayer for you. And it has to include, or it doesn't have to, but I like mine to include those emotions because I feel like it's like if you were having a conversation with a brick wall, you know, like that could be effective. Or if you were really mad at this wall and you wanted to kick it a little and, you know, beat up on it a little, I bet the conversation you would have five minutes after a little rough and tough and play with this wall would be a lot more passionate than if you were just like, dear God, please, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm. Your daughter. My daughter. What do you hope for her? What do you hope she knows about you and about having watched you suffer? Like, what do you hope her character reflects because of, of your life? Oh, you had to open the daughter can. So I'm actually keeping a journal for her. I know that there are a lot of children's books out there. You just wrote, you just wrote some, they're fantastic. But this was before you wrote yours, like an infant, you know, I was reading to her. She had no idea what I was saying, X, Y, and Z, but I noticed that in all of these children's books, but it was happy things, you know, like God loves you. Not a lie. Very true. Like God will be there for you. Not a lie. Very true. You know, but like all of, all of those verses. And I started laughing one day because I was reading them. And I said, maybe, maybe my life has made me a little jaded, but the Bible also says in this world, he will have trouble. And I just want to make sure, especially in the event that I'm not here, that she is well-equipped with how to fight those battles. And her ability to fight those battles is not from her mom. Like it is all right there in the Bible. And all I want my like journal to do is help because those verses tricky you know some of them some of them have some big words for you know a four-year-old and so I just want what I'm kind of doing for her to help her navigate that and not at all deter from the scripture themselves but as somebody who grew up in church you know you would do the bible drills and you would do the I mean I have 
scripture all the way back in the backs of my brains that I didn't even know I knew until somebody says it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know that verse. It's one of those where you memorize them and then you kind of forget about them or you memorize them, but you don't really know what they say because you don't really need that verse at that time in your life. That's why the Bible is so cool is, and, and so ever-changing is, is I can read a verse now that I read three weeks ago and I'm like, wow, it's an amazing verse. And then you look back and I'm like, that I read last week. Okay. Like, you know, the Bible, that's just, it's transient like that. And so I guess what I want her to know, and she doesn't need me to do it. And the beauty is that so many of the people who made me who I am today on this earth are still going to be here, that everything she needs to get through anything that comes her way, which if worse comes to worse, will be growing up without her mom, that it's, it's all in there and it's, it's going to be hard, but like, there's no hard without hope. Like he doesn't give us hard without hope. And that's just what I want her to know. And what I want her to remember and be able to put into practice whenever the time comes. Thank you for this. I'm just really honored to be able to look you in the eyes and hear your story. It is so affirming to me. One of my dearest friends and Julie Manning and, and I've told her story here before she's talked about it, but she lives with a heart condition where any time we talk, it might be the last. And yet she has taught me to not fear death. And she has taught me to, to live with more intention that that's my reality with her too. Right. It's my reality with her too, that I may not, you know, I might not make it till tomorrow. So uh, living with that friendship with her has shaped my life in, in such a profound way. And, and it's simply that her faith, is not shaken by what would be considered the greatest fear of, of mankind. This has been a gift to everybody listening, and I'm so grateful. I would love to close, and I thought in the beginning I'd be praying for you, but I really want you praying for everybody listening. I think how many people are listening right now wiping away tears because they are suffering and they're facing something unthinkable, and they want to share your faith right now. Yeah, absolutely. Father, we just come to you today, first of all, with arms wide open, because there are so many times I feel like we come to you simply on a routine basis and we're not necessarily receptive and we're not looking for you. We're doing it because we think it's the next step. But God, you are always the next step and you are always the right step. And there are people out there who are going through the complete unthinkable and the, I mean, just the most unimaginable. And instead of focusing on their life as opposed to somebody else's, which is where I spent way too many of my days, or help them see what you have specifically for them because their life is one, it's not a mistake. It's not a joke. It's not something to be played around with. It is something that you have specifically chosen them for and that they are being equipped to deal with moment by moment, even though it feels like it, you may not be working for them at all. And I think one of the hardest things that we have to go through as Christians is to know that you are fighting for us and feel the exact opposite. To know that you are, you have our hopes and our dreams and they are positive and all for us, that you ordained all for us, but feel like you have completely abandoned us in the process. So God, just please help us see the truth. Help us shut out to Satan's lies. Please help us 
fight the emotions, fight the physical pain, just, just kick Satan in the face. Come down here and just rescue us from these. All of the trials, even if it's just a daily short win, God, those victories, they speak volumes and lead to one more victory and one more victory, which is what we need to keep going. And so God, I just pray for everybody out there. I just pray that they cling to you. And I pray that they know that all they have to do is to keep on going and not give up and just one more step, just one more step because then tomorrow it's just one more step and you are gonna be there every single step of the way and you have equipped us with every single roadmap that we could possibly need. And Lord, we love you and we trust you. We trust you so much, even when we do not feel it. But God, we trust you and we believe in you and we believe in your miracles and we believe in your healing power. So we just come Lord Jesus. Thank you for everything you've done and everything you continue to do. And we love you. Amen. so much for being part of this community. We do not take it for granted that so many of you show up week after week. If this is blessing you, we would love for you to go help this podcast be found by other people. And the way you can do that, first subscribe so that you actually get all of the episodes. You don't miss anything. It shows up right on your phone or on your device. And you know when we have a new episode. And then also rate and review. Your rates and reviews help the charts and that helps people find the podcast. So that's why we care about that. And let's be real. It's really fun to read your stories. Sometimes it feels a little bit like we are just throwing all these words out into thin air. And then we go read your reviews and they're so thoughtful and kind and it means so much to us. Chloe and I will text each other, you know, just to encourage each other. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you.